Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward who has over 10 years experience in the markets. Hi everyone, how are you? The podcast has a simple format which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week we're covering Bitcoin, the S&P and the US dollar. First things first though, how have you found the opening week? Well, the opening week of 2021 has been has been pretty pretty fruitful for us. I took a trade on gold, what was it, last last Saturday? So it, it is open about 10 days. So yes, it's gone into the new year now. So that is up about 2.2% now. Uh, and then we have the likes of Wirecard over the last two days. It's up 270% um, over the last couple of days, which is a phenomenal spike for uh, a company that's almost on its knees. Yeah, is this the same Wirecard that we talked about maybe three months ago or so as having a, a huge uh, missing uh, chunk of money? Yes, there was like two billion was missing. Um, yeah, that's the same Wirecard. So, and whether this is the dead cap bounce before they before they go into liquidation, or whether this is some sort of news that has come out. But yeah, we've seen we've seen a massive jump over the last two or three days. So it's quite funny. It's I, I see it on the on the feeds and stuff like that. There, it, people are going hard are still going crazy on us at the minute. Okay, well, topic one is Bitcoin. But before we get to that, um, I think there's another crypto that we need to be discussing, and that's XRP. Yeah, XRP. It's it's one of these ones that has um, has had a bit of negative news over the last over the last week or so, hasn't it? Why is this? What's happening? Well, the SSE are investigating Ripple for security fraud. It's had a huge drop over the last well, week or ten days. The problem is that I did my webinar today and I've had all these people, Henry, look, it's a good time to buy, is it? It's a good time to buy. The problem with that is that there's no right time to buy now because there's only one of two outcomes going to happen here. It's the SSE are going to prosecute and they're going to win or the likes of XRP is going to win. And you literally have a flip of a coin, a 50-50 decision. And that's the world we are now at the minute. So it's not something that I would recommend to anyone to invest in at the present moment. Well, let's crack on with topic one then, which is Bitcoin, which has been getting all the headlines. I saw it was the front page of the Financial Times the other day, on its birthday actually, where it reached its record high. So it's been going from strength to strength, lots of people talking about it. But is the magical $100,000 realistic for this year? <laughs> I love it when people come out with these numbers. I swear to God, it's just people just stick their finger in the air and lick it, and whatever the first number that comes to their mind, that's the one that it's going to. Okay, and and, and that's unfortunately this is we, we have no idea. It's like someone saying uh, Henry the Nasdaq is going to go up to the next marker. They're just pulling it out of the air. Unfortunately, no one knows. Yes, it's trending nicely. Absolutely, it's trending beautifully. But the idea is, as an investor, it's not something I'm looking to invest in now. I need a phase two. We're, we're massively overextended on the phase one. We will get a phase two, but it's a matter of where. Will the next level of support be at the 20K mark, which was the, the previous record high? Will it, be, will it be at, say, 25K or will it be at 30K? So we, we have to wait for some sort of a pullback and, and let it go. So it, it's gone from 20K to 35K in the last 15 days. 
Okay, so that's 1,000 a day. So for it to hit the 100K mark, look, it could be in 36 days if it keeps going on this rate of, rate of knots. <laughs> if, if, if a lot of people are, are to be believed. And, 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 but unfortunately, that is not realistic. Will it hit 100K? It may do. It may hit a half a million. Unfortunately, we have no idea. The idea is wait for a pullback. And then when that happens, then we can jump in. And when do you think that phase two will come in? It's when it happens, it will happen. And you will, you will know what happens because you'll be looking at your account and going, oh no, what's after happening? For new traders, for new traders to be trading the likes of, uh, of Bitcoin and any of those, if you, are, if you have that itch that you need to scratch, you have that urge to jump in on, on the likes of it, why not use dollar cost averaging to get in at it? Okay, so what dollar cost averaging is, instead of jumping in with, just say you have 10 grand, instead of jumping in with all your 10 grand, you jump in with say 500 quid and you spend that 10 grand over 12 months and then you, you buy it today and then this time next month you buy it again and then this time next month you buy it again and it really makes some difference whether it's at an all-time high, whether it's an all-time low, whether it's in the middle and the idea is you will get some at a high, you get some at a low level, you get some in the middle and the idea is if you're looking at this as a long-term investment, then you believe it's going to hit 100K or 200K. Dollar cost averaging is probably the easiest and simplest way because you just, when you have that money, you pick a day of the week or a month and you just pop some money into it, the same amount of money each month. Unfortunately, people generally have this itch to scratch. <laughs> and uh, at Bitcoin, people are doing a lot of scratching. <laughs> and with the dollar cost averaging, is it something that you don't even look at the price? You just have a fixed date that you invest, say, your £500 that you mentioned? Or on that particular day, are you still kind of trying to find the right entry point? Um, but yeah, that's the idea that you could literally simply set it up as a direct debit and take it out of your account. So you, you don't even you don't even know what's happening. Does that make sense? And that's the and that's the idea with dollar cost averaging that you're taking the emotion out of it. You're also then taking out the psychology of I'm buying at the top and I'm selling at the bottom, so on and so forth. I'm listening to a book there by Jake Livermore. It, it is um, or Larry Livermore. It's it's the reminiscence of a stock trader and. He was saying in the 1900s, what they used to do is when a stock was an all-time high, they just used to sell it. Why? Because it was an all-time high. Now, we've become a little more educated from that because of like the S&P, the NASDAQ, stuff like that there to have consistently made higher highs and higher highs. And the same can happen with the likes of Bitcoin, but we have to wait for the right time to enter. And if it comes back to 20K, that's a great time to enter. If it comes back to 25, that's a great time compared to the 35K all-time high. With Bitcoin being all over the news at the moment, do you think there is a slight risk that it is getting overinflated or do you think that there's still potential for it? Well, it, it comes down to supply and demand. We talk quite regularly on the podcast about likes of um, Tesla being overextended, it's overvalued. Now remember, Tesla has an, under, an underlying asset, whereas Bitcoin doesn't have an underlying asset. You can't look at its profit and loss sheet. You can't look at its balance. You can't look at what its projections for next year is it's literally down to supply and demand of an asset and that's and that's the idea of it it's just down to supply and demand and it comes down to you and i and every other joe joe soap that if they are wanting to buy the asset they see value in buying the asset at 35k then obviously it goes up and that's literally down to it so the more we see it in mainstream news the more we see people jumping in it just the higher we will go okay well let's move on to topic two then which is the s&p we've seen over the last months uh, quite a nice 
little rally actually for the S&P. And so is this something that you're looking at? Oh, look, this is this is always something I'm looking at. The S&P, the Nasdaq, the Dow, their, their markets that are always trending. And I, something that's also now popped into my radar a little bit is after the stagnation is the China 50. We talked about the S&P and the Nasdaq and we had the nice Santa rally. It happened beautifully over the Christmas period uh, and it, it had just gone on, on really, really well. We, we just had a, a nice winner on that. And now the idea is that once we then come into the new year, in about the 15th of June, we generally have the tech company's Q4 earnings report. We've had the Christmas rally. Now we have to just start looking into the, the stocks that we're in and have a look and see what our earnings reports are, are saying. And if that they're going well, then we can actually let our, our trades run into mid-January. And with the earnings reports, is there any kind of speculation of what the numbers will say before they're actually released? Or does everyone see them at the same time? Everyone sees them at the same time. But the idea is, is that Wall Street, if you have big companies, Wall Street do a lot of analysts, do a lot of number crunching on Wall Street for them. And it's literally, do the numbers beat Wall Street's expectations? If the numbers beat Wall Street's expectations, then we're jumping. So for instance, there, we talked about it a couple of months, well, a couple of quarters ago there about um, Zoom. Zoom beat Wall Street's expectations by 30%. So we had a huge run on Zoom. And the idea is, is that if we get the same on any of these companies, we should see a, a nice run on the likes of this over the next 10, 15 days, over the next month. Uh, and it's something that can be very profitable to us. So the idea would be before the earnings report comes out, whether it's a day or two or three days, what you do is you, you Google, just say Apple, for instance, Apple's expected earnings report. You have you start looking at and, and read three or four of the articles and sift through because there's a lot of people's opinions there. Okay, so what you have to do is you have to sift through the opinions and actually find the actual reports, what the analysts have looked at. When was the last time they looked at it? Was it six months ago that did this prediction? Or was it actually three or four days ago when they actually revised the numbers? And also, we then have to also look at whether Wall Street has the same numbers from the beginning of Q1 or have they updated? Have they revised them? And have they revised them as in they expect the numbers to be better? Or have they uh, taken away from them, uh, revised them and put the numbers down a little bit worse? Okay, with the S&P, you mentioned that it's had its Santa rally now. Um, and so are you now waiting for a little correction? So with the, the Santa rally, we have something that is 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 going on quite well. We generally have a, a bit of a correction after the likes of the earnings reports come out because what happens is the funds on Wall Street generally take some profit out of their funds. Now, another thing that, that, I, that I talk about all the time is that we know with any platform, whether it's Toro or whether it's any of the other ones out there, that generally 70 to 75% of people lose money. What I'm trying to get across to people is, is that if you invest in the S&P over the last 40 years, just literally bought the S&P and left it alone, it would have returned 11.2% per annum over the last 40 years. So if you're someone who has struggled to make money over the last year or two years or three years, and trading hasn't been going well for you, we're talking about the S&P here. Why not buy the ETF, which is the SPY? And the SPY is the basket of shares that are, are actually in the S&P, and you're trading it as the underlying asset. It is an X1 trade, but you're on trading as the underlying asset. There's no cost to it, uh, as in rolling charges. And the idea is if we look at it from 2020, we've sat through a pandemic. The market dropped 40%. Then it's kicked off. If you'd have bought it at the top or the high or the beginning of 2020, and now at the end of 2020, you'd have grown your portfolio by 16%. Now, if you'd have done that with the, the NASDAQ, 
which is the QQQ. If you'd have done that, you'd have grown your investment by 45%. So yes, we talk about trading here as in getting in and out of the market very quickly. But remember, there's other strategies there where you're actually putting it into an index and you're tracking the likes of the US market, the likes of the Chinese market, the likes of whichever market you want. Okay, and just make sure you're buying, you're checking into a market that's actually consistently grown and the likes of the US here has. And so that's basically much more passive investing, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. That's That would be the likes of people who have ISOs there, put it into the likes of index tracker. So the likes of the, the SPY, the likes of the QQQ. If you'd have done that at the beginning of 2020, and took it out at the end of 2021 or the end of 2020, S&P would have made you 16% on your 10K or the QQQ would have made you 45%. At the same time, obviously, none of this is guaranteed. It's just historical data would show that there is pretty uh, consistent results for. Absolutely. And that, that as a trader, that's all we can ever do is go on historical data. But we, we have a lot of traders and listeners here who not necessarily wanting to get in and day trade and get in and out with CFDs, but they're always looking for ways to, to look some invest. And so Something as well, if we look at uh, economies and listen to the economists and analysts, they expect China's, China's economy by 2028 to be bigger than the US economy which means then that there is potential huge growth over the next 10 years in China, which means then that that could be a very good index tracker to have as well, because there's huge growth in the likes of that area, which is exponentially better than in the US. Okay, well, let's go to topic three then, which is the US dollar. Again, another thing that's been in the news heavily, um, and it's obviously the biggest uh, traded currency in the world. A difficult year, what's been happening? Yeah, no, it's it's been a really bad year for the likes of the US dollar. You have... You have the beginning of the year, they were doing well. And then the minute the lockdown happened, it literally dropped like a stone. From 2020, we were doing quite well. And then at the end of 2020, we're actually almost at the lows of 2018. So that is that is a pretty big drop over the last year. Now, if you look at it on the platform and measure, it's only about a 16% drop. But a 16% drop in an actual value of a currency is a huge momentum swing. It's, it's massive. We have Joe Biden, obviously, stepping into the presidency very soon. And so do you think that's going to have a little kickstart to uh, the US dollar in 2021 or do you think it's just a, a downward spiral at the moment? No, see see the thing with the likes of this is, is that it doesn't really matter who is in power. It's down to how they are sorting out the likes of coronavirus. That is the big, big one. Now, and wider wider the currency has gone from weakness to weakness is one is that the stimulus package. They've literally pumped 2.1 trillion of money into the stock market to, to get the stock market to continue growing. Now, which it has, it worked absolutely a dream. But the opposite side of that is, is that because you're now diluting the US dollar, the US dollar is now diluted. So the actual value of that one pound or one dollar that you had has now decreased by the amounts of money that, that's gone in there. Now, then this, the third thing that's happened then as well is the likes of jobs have been lost everywhere because of coronavirus. And um, we're looking at the stats there in the US, unemployment is, is almost at a record high. And you also have an awful lot of the lower paid jobs that have been lost. Now, with the likes of Joe Biden coming in and Elizabeth Donald Trump, they were trying to stimulate this. They were trying to get jobs out there. But with lockdowns, with us 
having to be sitting at home. It's just unattainable at the present moment. You just have to try re-educate people and that's easier said than done. You often talk about pullbacks. Well, the dollar's had a huge pullback. And so is it something that you're now looking at? With so potentially I, the vaccine, you know, coming into effect pretty soon? As a trader, I need to see an inverse head and shoulders for this to turn around. So if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't. And <laughs> um, so well, I need to see an inverse head and shoulders before I'm looking at dollar long. But at the present moment, I am looking at a massively weakness. Uh, continue with that. So every Sunday I do um, a little watch list. Every single Sunday, I go through every single major currency in, in the market. And what I do is I put them down on a little watch list for myself. Now, from that watch list, I can then pick out what's the strongest currency versus the weakest currencies. Now, I've done it on my webinars every so often for people. And the idea is, is that I'm looking at the US dollar still the weakest currency. It's been the weakest currency for the last six months or eight months. And then we have the likes of Aussie which is the strongest, and we have Kiwi, which is the strongest. So what I'm looking for is I'm looking across those three currencies. I'm looking for entries to actually buy Aussie versus US dollar or buy Kiwi versus US dollar. And so we're looking for dollar weakness. And that's, that is exactly what I'm looking for. So maybe the idea is we're, we're using that. So using dollar weakness and trying to get the strongest currency and then trying to get a nice setup. Because if we get a nice setup, then the upside is, is phenomenal for us. You mentioned that one of the reasons for the downward spiral of the dollar is because of the, the bailout package from Trump. Rishi Sunak in the UK has obviously just come up with a, a new announcement of having a 4.5 billion COVID bailout fund. So how has that affected GBP? That has affected GBP in a sort of a different way. With the likes of Brexit, it hasn't been, it hasn't been as bad because people in England are, are, still, are still being employed. Okay, people are still being blind. There's an awful lot of people working from home. There's an awful lot of people who are still self-employed, construction, stuff like that. So we haven't been hit as bad as the US. We still have the likes of the of the weakness that has happened. But once you compare it to the likes of Europe, the likes of GBP, we're sort of on par with each other. Whereas US dollar, where US has, has massively affected them exponentially worse than we have. And I just talked about it there as in you have Australia is doing well and you have Kiwi do well. Now, why are those two countries doing well? Why? Because they have managed coronavirus much, much better. It's like, um, Kiwi or New Zealand hasn't hasn't had a case in something like a month, which means then on New Year's Day, they actually had concerts going on New Year's Day. So that's the idea is that these countries that have managed the likes of coronavirus much better, they are exponentially stronger than the ones that haven't. And Great Britain is middle of the road there. And it's it, there's always someone worse and there's someone better. So it's something that we've sort of stayed away from. And also you have Brexit uncertainty. So it's not something that we've, we've looked to trade. But we'll see now what happens now that the, the, the Brexit deal has already happened and we'll see where Britain goes from here. You've mentioned the Brexit word, so we can touch on it now. Yeah. <laughs> What's, uh, what has this meant for the markets? You know, what are the industries that people should be keeping an eye on now that the deal has been agreed? Well, for a foreign exchange, it has made no difference whatsoever. Literally, Euro, US, the Euro, GBP, Euro, GBP has literally gone sideways, hasn't gone anywhere. It is flat as a pancake. Now, when you look at the likes of the indices markets, the likes of Europe markets, the likes of UK markets have, have, have kicked on a little bit. Why? Because 
there's certainty now. We know that this is the red tape that we have to go through. At least now we have to just get on with it. And, and, that's, and that's the good thing. Was certainty is as good as, as, as good news, if that makes sense. Now, uh, obviously, a lot of people still have to now jump through red tape and hoops for, for things to happen. But at least now they know what they have to do. And, that's, and that for the market is always good, whether it's even if it's negative, it's still good that you actually have that certainty now and people can now start investing. I, I was reading an article there on uh, the Financial Times where they're talking about the likes of HSBC, the likes of the financial places are actually looking to leave Britain now because of the there's so much red tape they have to go through. So potentially we will have the negative impact of the financial services moving out of out of the likes of Canary Wharf, the likes of places like that. So only time will tell. There's, there's no way of knowing whether this is going to be good, bad in the short term, probably bad in the long term, probably good. Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. If you want to learn more about the markets, then you can go on to Henry's weekly webinar, which can be found via Google by typing in eToro Trading School. Thanks very much. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.